Have you wondered about living elsewhere in your retirement? Well, we have almost daily. No, it's not a simple decision, especially when two people are involved. Hi, this is Gil and Jean of Retire There, a podcast about retirement destinations. We live in Brooklyn, New York, having grown up and worked in this area of the country. We're hoping to relocate when we're both retired. For us, it's the weather, the chaos, the noise, and the yearning to be near nature and not within three feet of human beings. <laughs> That's right. In February 2020, we embarked on our journey to find that special place. We spent a week in Winter Park, Florida, which is beautiful, but something said it wasn't for us. As we were planning for the next trip, the pandemic arrived. Jean then gave birth. I gave birth? To this podcast. With so many baby boomers retiring, many must be relocating. Why not connect with and learn from them? Here's a little background about us. I'm Asian, born in Brazil, and grew up in Flatbush, Brooklyn. I'm an engineer turned attorney turned podcaster. I recently retired from a university career practicing higher education law. I love the academic environment, but it was time to do something else. I no longer have to set an alarm, drive in BQE traffic, or work with people who don't always share the same principles. Oh, did I just say that? <laughs> you bet I did. I traded all that in to binge crime dramas into the wee hours just a little bit to develop the podcast, to volunteer, practice metalsmithing, tackle our possessions. No regrets so far, Jane. I'm not Asian, and as Gil mentioned, I'm not retired. I'm just plain tired. Oh. Born and raised in Long Island, New York, a place I always wanted to leave. I'm a law librarian working in a court who loves his job, but we're retired by the time we select our ideal location. We will be speaking to folks from across the street to across the globe who have moved to their dream venues and more. So please stay tuned. And remember, if you know anyone who has moved anywhere for retirement, let us know. Thank you. Bueno Dardes. Today we are chatting with Keith and Joe who moved from Arizona to Uvita, Costa Rica. Uvita de Osa is a small town in southern Costa Rica on a section of coastline known as the Bahia Ballena. It's about 139 miles south of San Jose, the capital of the country. TripAdvisor describes Uvita as a tiny village with two miles of pure white sand and fabulous conditions for swimming, and it might become your favorite place in CR. It's part of the Marino Baena National Park, also the Whale Marine Park, named for humpback whales who meet and mate here every winter and spring. Wow. Now here's a little bit about our guests. Keith was born in New Jersey, but spent most of his younger life in Atlanta. He earned a psychology degree from Georgia State. Keith has had a variety of jobs throughout his career, first as a corporate travel agent and then moving on to various project management roles with Hewlett Packard, U.S. Airways, Choice Hotels and American Express. Joe was born and raised in Chicago. He has a bachelor's in nursing from Northern Illinois, an MBA from Loyola University in Chicago, and a master's in healthcare administration from Georgia State University. Mm -hmm. Boy, that's a lot of degrees there, Joe. Good for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he started his career as a registered nurse, but most of his professional career was in the IT and operations side of hmm. healthcare. Jane? After meeting 16 years ago, the couple moved to Arizona. They both had a dream of living in Costa Rica and running a small hotel 
and it came true three years ago. They sold their home in Arizona and bought Nature's Edge Boutique Hotel in March of 2020. And by the way, what a beautiful hotel it is. The U.S. border shut the exact week they planned to move due to COVID. So they had to manage a major hotel renovation remotely from the States. The borders finally opened in September of 2020, allowing them to finally move to Costa Rica and their first hotel guests arrived three months later. Wow. Keith is the primary operator of the hotel. Joe worked remotely for the first three years after moving to Costa Rica, but he just retired last month and now works solely to helping run the hotel. Joe's interests include tennis, working out at the gym, hiking, reading, and cooking, including baking. Nice. <laughs> While Keith has discovered a love for gardening and bird watching after moving to Costa Rica. Both enjoy traveling. In fact, this October, they're going on a 10-day trip through Spain, followed by a 16-night transatlantic cruise. Wow. wow. Which cruise line are you using? Royal Caribbean. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, we have some uh, good status on that. Nice, nice. Yeah, because I, I was a travel agent before, so yeah. we, uh, I used the to deal. them a lot. Yeah. yeah. So, hi, Keith and Joe. Welcome to Retire There. Now, before we start, I have to say... Your hotel looks amazing. We went through that site with the fine-tooth comb, and that must have been some long-distance renovation project, which I, I can't even imagine. I mean, the complex is on three different planes and appears to be tucked away in this gorgeous little spot. Now, those of you listening, you must check out naturesedgecabanas.com. It's an adult-only hotel. So leave the kitties at home. The place looks amazing. Were those videos taken by a drone? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Wow. You got a drone and learned how to operate it? Oh, uh, no. God, no. We hired somebody. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Come on, yeah. All yeah. right. All right. And it's actually so, Nature's Edge Cabinas. Cabanas oh. is mine, too. So Wait a minute. Say that again? Nature's Edge Cabinas. That's the best. Okay. Yeah. So it's C-A-B-I-N-A-S. Correct. Abinas. Oh, Abinas. okay. I'm so sorry. No problem. Now, that was yeah. the old name, and then we upgraded it to Boutique Hotel, but because they had such good reviews and stuff, we just kept the... We're actually called Nature's Edge Boutique Hotel, but right. Cabinas is our URL. Uh -huh. okay. 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 Very good. Tell us, what led you to move overseas? Joe will like to probably say something different, but no, I think it's fairly the same. We met uh, 16 years ago. And we had both been to Costa Rica before, and we both really loved the country separately. We didn't even know each other. Oh. And we started dating. And then one day I go over to his house during our dating, and I see this book, Retiring in Costa Rica. And I'm like, I have that book. And he goes, no way. And I said, yeah. And I'm like, oh. And he goes, what do you want to do? And I said, I'd love to run a B&B. &B. And he's like, so would I. And I was like, you're kidding me. <laughs> really? So fast forward 16 years later, that's how we got here. So it was kind of always a dream. We just never followed it. Mm -hmm. And then, of course... We just, we were ready to not work anymore. We wanted to stop working early. I'm 50, going to be 55. Joe's going to be 60. And we were like, I can't keep working in the United States anymore. And, you know, to have medical insurance and be able to retire early, you have to keep working. And so we said, let's just do it. Let's go for it and have a simpler life. Uh, I don't know that running a hotel is that much simpler, but <laughs> a somewhat simpler life. And just come down here and explore and just, you know, get in touch with the culture that we knew we wanted to get in touch with, have medical insurance and not be so stressed out. And that's how it all happened. Anything else, Joe? 
Well, we came down here just because we were stressed out with our jobs three years ago and just came down for five days. And we just happened to choose Uvita because I had heard about it. And while we were here, we met up with all these cool expats who lived here. We were at this big gathering and we got to learn from these people, what was it like moving to Costa Rica? And, and they just seemed to have this vibrant community and they played tennis and pickleball and went hiking and all this fun stuff. And so we really learned about it. And we had casually mentioned that, well, one day in the future, we would love to buy a B&B. And of course, you can't say that without there being five realtors within Airshot. <laughs> oh. But we, uh, so a realtor uh, said, wait a minute, you really want to buy a B&B? There's one for sale right here. Oh. And we said, no, 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 we're, we're, we're talking down the road. And he said, well, what would it hurt to just take a look at it? We took a look at it and we bought it. <laughs> oh, that is so, so funny. So the previous owners were out already? No, they were uh, still operating the hotel. They had just bought, built it just two years prior. Oh. And they were operating it very successfully. Really a wonderful couple. But they, uh, due to some reasons, they decided to sell it. And we had the opportunity to uh, buy it and then kind of put our signature on it by mm -hmm. enhancing it and renovating it to what we kind of the vision we had. So even though COVID was a bad thing for the whole world, it yeah. was, the only bright spot is we had to be closed anyway because no one could travel. So during sure. that time, oh, true. we spent eight months renovating the whole property okay. and bringing it to kind of the vision that we had for it. So it turned out really well. Okay. It's it's amazing. They they have these four chic I guess, casitas, I guess I would call them, like little houses. And each one has a beautiful view of the jungle. It's just incredible. Yeah. I have to ask, had you been to Uvita before? No, not at all. <laughs> okay. And so, I mean, so Costa Rica was on the radar, right, right, for a while. Not any other country, Panama or... Not really. I mean, okay. because um, Joe has two daughters and we didn't want to move that far away from the United States until mm. they grew up a little bit more. Okay. And Costa Rica really resonated with both of us, um, you know, like 24 years ago. It was somewhere that we knew we wanted to be. And we had both visited Costa Rica like probably a handful of times, five, six, maybe seven times. And we saw all of Costa Rica, like we you know, San Jose, we went oh, okay. you know, to okay. Monteverde. We've, mm -hmm. we, we've been even further south from here. So we've been a lot of places, never here. You know, they resonated with us and we actually thought we were going to move to Samara and we thought, well, we'll find a hotel there. And we were looking at hotels there. Then when we went back after we'd been there and been here, it was like, oh my gosh, Vida is totally what we want. Oh, um, okay. So okay. it's it's less touristy to some extent. I mean, there's still tourists here, obviously. We have a hotel. So it's kind of a catch-22 with that. You know, we live here and we would la rather have less tourists, but we own a hotel, so we want more tourists. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like, what do we yeah. do? You know, because like a lot of our friends that are expats, they're like, oh, Vita's growing so much and we don't like it. And we're like, oh, neither do we. And then on the flip side, under our breath, we're like, oh, but we do like it because we have a hotel, you know? Right, so, right. It, but it's still small enough that it's not crazy like Manuel Antonio or something like that. So it's still a nice little town and, uh, you know, it stays very calm. That's why we picked it. Joe actually found it. Joe is the researcher. Joe is the overthinker. Joe is the one that has to like process forever. And so I let him figure out where we were going to move to. 
Me, I would oh. have just jumped and moved. Although, <laughs> oh, okay. I must say, when we bought the hotel, he was the one who wanted to buy it. I was the one who wanted to think about it. So oh, it did change there. Interesting. interesting. And did, yeah. does Uvita have a, a little downtown? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a cool thing, too, is uh, being the overthinker, I had to realize that I was still going to continue to work uh, as a healthcare consultant. So I needed good internet. I need to be on the same time zone as the United States. So it really worked out great. And people may be surprised to hear that Costa Rica has very high, very advanced fiber optics. And honestly, our, our internet is more reliable in Costa Rica really? than in wow. Arizona. So huh. those are some of the factors. But also the thing about Uvita is, of course, we want to be kind of remote in a cool jungle mountainous area, mm -hmm. but we don't want to be too remote. Yeah. And Uvita is great because it has everything. It has grocery stores, hardware stores, restaurants, uh -huh. oh. uh, pharmacies, doctor's office, dentist. Uh -huh. I mean, it has everything. Uh, and, you know, right there and, you know, you're always going you know, get your teeth yeah. fixed or, yeah, yeah. you know, you don't want these rinky dinky little places or have yeah. to drive 30, 45 right. minutes to get something. And Uvita is a part of three, three towns. Okay. There's Dominical, Uvita, and Ojochal. It's called the Costa Ballena region. Mm -hmm. So it's the mm -hmm. three towns that are kind of like sister towns. Okay. And Uvita is in the center, but Uvita is where most of the pharmacy, hardware stores, and oh. everything are located. Okay. So the people from Dominical and Ojochal normally come to Uvita every day for grocery shopping and things like that. You know, I hadn't done a Google Earth of your hotel because I was looking at the drone videos, which when you go back, you know, from the, the woman that's in the pool, it looks like there's nothing around you guys, You're right? There just from that. But it's because, oh, okay. So is it walking distance to the groceries or? No, not at all. Um, okay. A funny story about that was um, we'd only been here twice when I, uh, when we came here and I told Joe, I said, oh, you know, we should get a backpack and we'll go grocery shopping. We'll walk down our mountain road. Well, our mountain road happens to be three kilometers from town and 1200 feet, right. 400 meters up the mountain. Oh, so yeah, that this third time we were here, I was like, yeah, that's not a good idea. I think we're going to have to drive everywhere. So our hotel and our home, because our home is at the hotel. So you've right. been talking about the four casitas. Those are the rooms. And then we have a big pool area. And then we have our own house too, which is a two bedroom, two bath, huh. very modest, but it's a great little home. It has increased in value considerably, thankfully. Nice. So we're happy about that. And it's just a modest Costa Rican home that we really love living in. And we have an amazing view. I mean, it just looks out over. Yeah. Uh, so we have 10 acres <gasps> of property, Nice, all jungle all around us. And wow. it's just, that's why when you look up at that picture, it, that's exactly what it's like. We're in the middle of nowhere in the jungle, yet we're only 10 minutes down the mountain road to get somewhere. Oh, okay. And All right. You talk so, about the view. How, how often do you see a toucan or, or a macaw? Uh, pretty much every day. Macaws, not often because we're too high up. Um, they like to be closer down to the beaches and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but toucans, if we don't see one every day, then it's every other day. Wow. What about monkeys? We are above the jungle canopy. And Joe ah. can explain this a little bit more because he's more into the whole jungle canopy thing. But we're above it, so we see more birds than we do monkeys. But well, we do see monkeys. There's a whole troop that passes around our area, our property. So depending on where they are, they could be right in front of our balcony or they could be way on the other side of our property. Oh, wow. Wow. It's really convenient to have the whole, yeah. the whole zoo and nearby. You know, even after three years, we're kind of like 
oh my God, there's a toucan. Oh my God, there's an arakari or, <laughs> you know, or there's another bird that I'm still, I'm still, I'm getting into birding. I'm really liking seeing yeah. the birds, yeah. but I am definitely not a birder because <laughs> I couldn't tell you like what that bird was, but I'm like, oh my God, there's a blue bird. Oh my God, there's right. a yellow one. <laughs> and beautiful. I love, yeah. yeah. And I love looking at them, but I couldn't tell you anything about them, but right. we have yeah. so many birds. A uh, friends of ours um, was really, they were really into birding. They took over 200 pictures of birds just on wow. our mountain road. Of oh different God. birds. So of there's so birds. many here. Wow. Yeah. We actually interviewed a birder and yeah, they, right. they do this whole thing where they count and tick off, you know. It like, went across Europe. Yeah, yeah, birds. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we have them um, come here and they do that. And I'm just like, and, and they know the difference between a blue whatever, whatever, and a blue whatever, whatever. And <laughs> yeah, to me, yeah. they're like both blue birds. So your home, is that the building that's connected to the pool? No. I mean, the pool. Oh, so you can't just come out and swim. Okay. No, so, unfortunately, so, we can't. We have to swim with our guests. So, <laughs> so, so, so no you, naked. Oh, natural. Yeah, no, all natural <laughs> going uh, skinny dip. All right. So when you're looking at the, and I keep referring to the website because it's stunning. So your home is part of that little complex, right? Yeah. So we tried to get them not to really record our home when they did the videos. Uh, um, so the the last room that they, um, I know which video you're talking about because I've watched it several times. The last video where they're kind of coming into the one room, our house is below that. Okay. So okay, um, okay. we actually, we don't have a partial ocean view. We just have mountains and jungle view. And mm -hmm. then um, our upper casitas have a partial ocean view. Okay, but we okay. absolutely love the jungle view. And that's one thing I would tell listeners to your podcast is that don't, limit yourself to say, I have to live by the ocean. I have to have an ocean view because we did that at first. And we were like, and then we bought the place and we were like, oh my God, I don't know if we're going to like this. And we absolutely love the view we have. It is so different. And we don't miss, like, we don't say, oh, I wish we had an ocean view. So, you know, don't set your expectations to what you think they might be. Just be yeah. open-minded because we totally love our view. Yeah. Yeah. So, we, we, we thought we had to have ocean view and we do have ocean view, partial ocean views at our upper casitas and at our pool area, but not at our house. But we prefer the mountain, mountain views. Yeah. Um, the ocean views are great. And there are people who really want to have a, a, an ocean view. But the mountains, oh, oh my gosh, they're just yeah. stunning. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. can imagine. I can imagine. So. Now, earlier before the recording, Joe, you had mentioned that at your elevation, that you don't have the bugs, right? Right. We are at a unique elevation. You know, it's so funny that you always hear people, I want to live on the beach. I want to live on the beach. I We have no interest in living on the beach. You know, it's beautiful, but it can get hot and muggy and buggy and that. And we're at a perfect elevation. It's like the sweet spot. We're at 1,200 feet okay. elevation. And because of that, it's cooler. It's less humid. There's always a breeze. And because we're uh, kind of situated actually above the jungle canopy that we have fewer bugs. Okay. So it's kind of a unique positioning because then we right. could, it's easier to see all the birds too because you can see mm. just forever, you know, so, so, so far. And we have toucans here every day, all the time. We have just oh. have two different kinds of toucans, the regular toucans and then the arakari. And when you're in the jungle, you're kind of like closed out like the Trees are right in your face. Right, right. We're above all that. So you see oh, wow. it all. Oh, that's so you know, interesting. 360-degree view everywhere you look of birds and, you know, the occasional monkeys that come through as well. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's cooler. But one thing I would say, just so that your listeners don't get a false impression, there are bugs. 
Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Okay. oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, you know, we killed a big scorpion the other day. So, you know, they're here. The bugs are still here. What we're kind of referring to is the mosquitoes that everybody kind of says, oh my God, I'm going to get all eaten up by mosquitoes. Yeah. You know, the little gnats that bite you, they're not up at this, at this elevation as much, but there are bugs still. So yeah. Yeah, somebody yeah. that's thinking, oh, I want to retire to Costa Rica. Uh, you're still going to have bugs. So yeah. don't, yeah. <laughs> you know, no, don't set your we, expectations. Yeah. We had interviewed another couple who had moved to San Jose and at their elevation, uh, well, they're in the city, right? They actually have these little ants that march through and I'm, I'm envisioning when we yep. were interviewing them, like a, a very streaming, slow path of ants that come through the house and they mm-hmm. described it this way. Yep. And then they go <laughs> up the wall. And then they go out the window. And I just, there's no way I would find that entertaining, maybe the first time. (laughs) But then, because when I, you know, we have occasional ants in the house and I, I just freak out. I can't stand them. (laughs) I keep a bottle of pure, pure peppermint oil in every room. Because, you know, they they hate uh, peppermint. I'm sorry, ant gods, but I just do a little spray when I see one and it just starts to curl. I know it's, it's, it's horrible what I'm saying. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. But it, it's you have to just either become one with them and understand they're going to be here or you're not going to make it because they're here. With that being said, the son pulpus or the leaf cutter ants is what mm. we have here as well. Oh, I hate those. Yeah. We do not like those with those those ants, the sun pulpus, the leafcutter ants, you can plant a brand new plant and then wake up the next morning and the entire plant is gone. Yeah. But we do kill those. Okay. We, we try not to kill anything else. We try to rehome things. But those, because re-home. especially when you're trying to have a beautiful hotel, if they're eating all of your green stuff, you're like, mm. so those guys, we can't. I just have a question before we move on to housing. That is, do you need a four by four to get up to your house? Absolutely, 100%. Our mountain, you know, it's uh, 1,200 feet or 400 meters straight up the mountain, and it's a dirt road. It's not really necessarily the rain and the, because believe it or not, the jungle, it's amazing. Devour, I mean, uh, no, absorbs water, not devours, Um, just consumes water so much. You could get 10 inches of rain in a day and then wake up and it's like, where did it go? So the road is not necessarily dangerous because of the water and stuff like that, but it's dangerous because you're coming straight up the mountain road so steep. You might slide a little bit in the rain, but it's not. And actually, our road is in really great shape. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's steep. And there are about 25 different homes, 25 homes on our mountain. So everyone has a four by four. Mm. And I don't, I don't care if you're, if you're traveling to Costa Rica, if you're staying here or wherever, you really should get a four by four because sooner or later you're going to end up on a, a crazy road and mm. you want a four by four wherever you're at in Costa Rica. Okay. okay. That's a very good point. So you guys had, you purchased one obviously shortly after you, you got there. Yeah. Um, that's the, one of the big shockers. I know that was one of the questions you guys asked, but with cars and uh, like uh, side by sides and are like double if not close to triple the price of what you can expect to pay in the United States. So depending on if you get a brand new one or, you know, they can be most of the time double, but it depends on what you're buying. You know, if you're buying a really, really like high end, if you have to have a Land Rover or something like that, you're going to be paying like three times. But, you know, uh, the modest cars and even the four by fours and the truck, the ATVs and the, you know, all that stuff is going to be at least double the price when you come down here. Let's move on to housing. Yeah. So let's talk about housing. And we know that you had given us some ranges, but for our audience, can you kind of walk us through that? So it's, you know, living down here is you can live in a 
hostel with a bedroom that you share bathrooms and you live right on the beach and you've got a great stress-free life for $350 a month, you know? I mean, do you want that? Is that what you want to do? You can, or you can rent an entire house with three, four bedrooms and beautiful, you know, pool and all that stuff and pay $3,000 a month. And there's everything in between. So that's the cool thing about Costa Rica is if you're do, willing to do your research and you know do the legwork, you can find really whatever you want down here. It's more expensive down at the beach towns, the tourist towns. If you come down to where we are, you go to Samara or you go to Tamarindo, you're going to pay a lot more for more stuff. Although like the description that I made about that $300 a month at a little hostel down here, you can find in Uvita. If you want something nice and you want to have all the conveniences and the modern style that you're used to probably having in your country that you came from, you probably are going to spend, well, you will, you're going to spend more if you don't stay in like San Jose or stay, you know, in one of the smaller, larger towns like San Isidro or something like that, because those aren't tourist towns. You know, you're not going to have people trying to rent their places as Airbnbs or, you know, trying to make money on their places. So there's a little bit of everything for everyone here. You just have to find what you're looking for is what I'm Mm -hmm, getting at with mm -hmm. that. You could come down with as little as 300 a month. You could spend as much as $5,000 a month, you know, when you're renting. So it just depends on what you want and what you can live with or can not live with. And one thing that I have learned, I don't know if Joe's learned it yet quite, but is you don't need as much to live with. I think I could live on the beach in that $300, $300, except I do need a private bathroom. You know, I think I can. But then you couldn't. (laughs) Yeah, then I couldn't. But so, yeah. He he says that, but he says that, but he would last like a day. (laughs) That's it. There we go. There we go, Joe. Give it to him. him. And and so you said there are a bunch of, a few houses up on the hill besides yours. Do you know how much those houses go for generally? Uh, like for buying or for yeah for buying. Bu- for both buying or renting. I'd say about six hundred to one million. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Now, because we're in a very so our mountain road that we live on now is very sought after. Technically, there's no more building permits available on our mountain, but wow. you know, money will get you almost anything anywhere. So, um, you know, you, you, there's our people that are able to build, but um, it's become a very sought after mountain. And so it's gotten to be a lot more expensive. About two years ago, our good friends bought a place that was 350, but it needed a complete gut job. And, you know, now they've done a complete gut job and put like 200 and something into it. So there are still little places to be found up on our mountain that Maybe you could get it for 500, but not really. You know, in town though, in Uvita, there are still places that are probably in the two to three hundreds. If that's mm-hmm. you just, you know, you're not going to be able to be up on the mountain in the cool breeze with, you know, a mountain view at that price. And actually, the houses in town, a lot of them are brand new. They have air conditioning, modern everything, beautiful, beautiful. You can get a, a really decent house in town for, say, 350, 400. Mm, okay. 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 And how, how many bedrooms would that be? Two to three bedrooms. Oh, okay. And, and AC bath? and, you know, all modern appliances and mm-hmm. nice landscaping, things like that. So yeah, so probably in town, 350 to 400. And mm-hmm. then when you come up the mountain, it's going to be more, I'd say about 600 to a million. There may be a couple of fixer-uppers left on the mountain that you might be able to get for 400, 450, and then do a, a decent renovation. So there are homes available on the mountain. And because I'm trying I'm trying to understand or comprehend when you say there aren't any more permits permitted, 
on the mountain. Are you like on one mountain or isn't the area full of mountains? Yeah. So yeah. I would say we should say I see our mountain road. So we're ah. on Uvita Mountain okay. and okay. we're on, we, we call it Rancho Pacifico Road. And on that road, there's about 25 houses. And then there's the other big road is Bahuco Road. That's also on Uvita Mountain. And okay. that also has about maybe probably 35 homes. And uh, I think there's still some really wide range on that mountain, probably 600 to $1.5 million, if not more. Wow. There's some really, really wealthy homes. Are these majority expat owned? Oh, yes. 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 Oh, wow. And then there's some lots. There's some like empty lots still available in Uvita, probably not less than 100, 150,000 are you going to get a lot for. And when I say a lot, that's just a piece of building space in the middle of the jungle. Like our 10 acre lot, we could only build on maybe an acre of it. I mean, oh. It's all steep, like going in the jungle, you know, so okay. when you buy a lot, you may buy like a five acre lot, but you only have maybe a half of an acre to build on because okay. you build a plantel and then you build your house. So, you know, there still are lots on our mountain, but due to water issues and some issues on our mountain, getting new permits is, is difficult right now. Okay. Unless again, like I said, you know someone and pay someone, you might mm -hmm. get something. <laughs> but, you know, there are like in the two towns to the left and the right of us, you know, there's Ohotal and there's Dominical. There are more places to live over there that are a little bit cheaper because they're not in the city center. I call the city Uvita here because we have the grocery stores, we have everything. But we have a friend that just bought a lot in Ohotal for 75000 He's going to build a house for probably 150 to 200 huh. Very mm -hmm. modest. Um, again, it all depends on what you want to do. It can yeah. be done here. You can buy a lot for 75000 build a $100,000 home on it, and be very basic, and mm -hmm. there you're done. You know? yeah, yeah. Um, but you're not going to have all that upgraded stuff that you're used to if you are in yeah, other countries. Yeah. So, so there are still options and deals to be had here. The biggest thing is do your research and just see what's there, and don't set your expectations before you see what you might yeah, be yeah. to. No, I get it. I am curious, and if you know, your friend who purchased that $75,000 lot, are they going to buy a plan and then have people in Costa Rica build it. I guess what, what I'm trying to find out for personal reasons is I follow these designers on Instagram and very simple A-frame home. They sell these plans, but we have always found that the simpler these homes are, the costlier they are. <laughs> like I just want, you know, a very simple kind of concrete styled home that's very, um, I would say modest, but, you know, Gene's so afraid that I'm going to go into a million dollars. So what kind of, how does that kind of work? Like for your friend that's purchased that land, do you I know? Think you can buy a, I think you can build a modest house for 300000 300000 And I tell you, the, the locals here, they're called Ticos, mm -hmm. uh, Ticos and Ticos. Right. Uh, yeah. the, the quality of the builders here is exceptional. There are just so many really great and reputable builders. The the group that did our renovations of our property are mm -hmm. exceptional. And he was kind of just starting out with his own business, even though he's been building for a long time. Now, I mean, you can't get him for anything. He's building <laughs> million-dollar homes everywhere oh, in wow. this area. Yeah, yeah. He and his brothers and cousins and his, his, whole, his whole company. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of really reputable builders here who do really good quality work. Okay, okay. But there also are 
bad ones too. So yeah, you know, yeah, you're know. the people listening, you mm-hmm. know, they got to be careful. You know, the biggest thing that I did, and some of the expats will kind of yell at me like and say, oh, you shouldn't have done that. But is find the people that you can trust through other expats. And then yeah. once you find them, use them. Like we've got a business advisor who's also our accountant and she does everything for us. Now, do we have to pay her? Yes. But she does everything for us. Mm. You know, she op- helped us open our bank account, which you'll see some expats that will say, oh my God, it took months to get a bank account open. It was so difficult. We literally walked in with a stack of paperwork that she gave us and they love their stamps here in Costa Rica. Like these <laughs> stamps that they have, they're like, um, I don't know what they're made out of, but if you want to go into a business, make stamps in Costa Rica. But we walk in there with our pile of paperwork. I know you can't, I'm just doing this, but we're not, yeah. but yeah. it's this pile of paperwork to, you know, with everything that she organized, she had everything ready. Nice. We walk in there, we sit in front of the guy. The guy did speak some English, which that's probably been my biggest thing is I don't speak as much Spanish. I am yeah. learning. You don't have to have it, but it's better because having Spanish here, you can go into the bank and you don't need that one person in the bank that speaks English right? and their English still isn't that great. So you really should learn the language if you're going to come down here and not get frustrated. Do you have to know it? No. We have friends that don't know a lick of it, and they have been here five years, 10 years, 15 years, and they're doing fine. Mm -hmm. But it just gets a little frustrating. Uh, That happens to me. Like I'll be with Joe, and I'll be like, I don't want to go to the the hardware store. I can't speak Spanish, you know, and I get frustrated. I'm like, you got to go for me because you speak Spanish. So Mm -hmm. the whole Spanish thing is you have to have it know, but it's a lot easier. But going back to the bank thing, she had our stack of paperwork. We walked in, sat in front of him, stamp, 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 our bank accounts were open. And it was like, people we see on the internet are like, I spent three years, you know, or something. I mean, it's not three (laughs) years, but it's just like, (laughs) you know, so I'm like, I paid her $200 to do all that. It wow. was the best $200 I could have spent. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So uh, again, with your builders, with your, you know, find people that other people trust mm-hmm. and that other people have used and do your research. Do your research really good because we kind of got screwed. Our residency attorney was supposedly the best residency attorney in Costa Rica. Wow. And the guy decided to embezzle the money and leave. So <laughs> no. yeah. So uh, they are completely out of business. And here we are with our residency still in process. Oh, Those wow. attorneys give attorneys such bad names. Yeah, <laughs> yes. exactly. I gotta tell you, I hate so them. If I had to do it again, I would have went to people that I know where I am and said, hey, who was your attorney? Hey, who was your accountant? You know, so I think one of the things a lot of people will say, we didn't do it, but a lot of people will say, go and live somewhere for three months before you know that that's where you're going to be. Go and live, you know, before you buy that piece of property, go and rent for three months, find out if that's the town you want to be on, go and do everything in that town, you know, meet people, go to the, there's live music all the time here. There's, you know, tennis, there's pickleball, go do stuff for those three months, meet people. Yeah. Walk around at night. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. and get to know it and then start to put your plan together. That's how we looked at it. Okay. You know, we didn't do that and it worked for us. But, you know, I would recommend that you do that first. Yeah. So be- besides hiring the wrong attorney, is the visa process difficult in Costa Rica? Technical visa process? No. If you're a U.S. citizen or a Canadian citizen, I'm not sure about Europeans. It's probably the same. It's very easy to come here, have a 90-day visa, and then you become a perpetual tourist and you leave every 90 days. And that's what we do. Every 90 days, we take off, we go somewhere, and then we come back. That's really easy. There is rumor they're going to start regulating that more and and cutting, you know, cracking down on it to where they're not letting people do the 90 days as much. I don't know if that'll happen. But getting residency is not difficult. It can be 
a long process, though. Uh, it can take anywhere from one year to five years. And it mm-hmm. depends on where your file is, who's processing it. Did you get an attorney that decided to walk away with all your money like we did? Or <laughs> you know, did you pick one that is you know working for you? They do have a fast track. If you're over 65, you can get your residency a lot faster. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. it goes to the top of the list. Yeah, but there's there's three types of residency. Basically, there's one where if you invest in something over a certain amount, I don't remember the exact amount. It's either one fifty or two hundred thousand, and that includes even buying a home or a piece yeah. of land. It just that total has to be that amount. That's investor status. There's the I don't know the name of this one. I think it's called the pensionado or whatever pensionado. one, yep. and that's where you have a pension from uh, your country. So like if you have social security or you have a pension from your country that you can show as a guaranteed income. That's another way to get residency. And then there's another one where you can put some money into a bank account down here. Again, I don't know the exact titles of them all, but that one is where you put in uh, $60,000 into a bank account down here, and then you can get a residency process there. So it's a fairly easy process. It's just that nothing in Costa Rica is easy when it comes to the government. You know, Everything takes a long time. You just have to be very patient and you just have to hope you picked a good attorney. Some people will say you don't even need an attorney to do it. I would never try. I mean, I guess if you spoke fluent Spanish and you were able to go and deal with the immigration by yourself, it may be easy, but I would never have done it by ourselves. But it's fairly easy to answer your question to get residency here. So you guys actually leave Every 90 days? <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. Even though you own the hotel, I own property. Yeah. The owning of the property is what allows us to get residency. So we filed all our paperwork based on owning of the property. Okay. And then it goes through the immigration process, which I'm sure has 5 million stamps and clicks and whatever. And our take file- take to the Italians. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they're there and our, our file is in process. Technically, when you're in process- you don't have to leave, but you can't drive because the two government entities did not talk to each other. Okay. So your international driver's license becomes expired and that's on the 90th first day and then you can't drive anymore. So that's why we leave. But immigration also, you can get an immigration agent at the airport when you're coming back that says, wait, you stayed 91 days, you're not legal. And you can try to argue with them and you know it's their word against yours and mm-hmm, then you have to get mm-hmm. an attorney. So the best process is if you don't have the residency yet, leave every 90 days. Okay. Okay. But actually, we're not happy that we have to leave every 90 days, mm-hmm. but we've made the most of it. There's some really cheap flights to Guatemala, Colombia. We've been to Guatemala City and Antigua, Guatemala, which is fantastic. We've been to Medellin, Colombia, mm. which is just beautiful. Yeah, we have. Uh, we've gone up to Nicaragua. So we have made the most of it to try to find really good deals. Turn it, hey, we're in Central America. Why not explore the yeah. cool countries and places here? So we'll take three or four days. We went to Medellin. It was really, really cheap to fly there. Yeah. We stayed and we got a tour guide. It was absolutely wonderful. Guatemala was wonderful. I think I'm missing somewhere else. You went down to Panama. You know, so it's great. It's like a little, most of it. it's a little vacation, you know, yeah, it forces yeah. you to take a cheap little vacation. Yeah. yeah. And you don't have to be gone for a long time. Right. I mean, if you're right, you can Nicaraguan border right now can cross the same day and come back the same day. <laughs> oh, right. Wow. right now, the Nicaraguan yeah. border lets you do that. The Panama border has gotten a little bit more strict where you can't do that in the same day. They want you to stay in Panama a couple of yeah. days. Yeah. And again, there's rumor that all of this is changing because the Costa Rican government is wanting to make it a little bit more 
more difficult, but you never know. I mean, yeah. it takes forever for anything to change here. So I wouldn't scare any of your listeners away yeah. saying, oh, it's going to change tomorrow. I don't. Right, it, right, right. It's going right. to take a years to probably change. My thing is, if you're coming to this country and you want to be part of this country, you should be a resident. You should file for residency. And in general, no, it's not difficult. It's just time consuming. And yes, you can get put into the rat race that we're into with that. Who knows where our application is, but it's still processing. Right, so, right, right. But I would yeah. say the 90-day perpetual tourist thing may go away one day. So if you're going to come down here and you plan to retire, you need to plan to be a resident as well. You know, sure, that's sure, just my sure. opinion. Yeah, yeah. There are people, we had friends, one friend just recently left. She never got residency. She never left on her 90 days. She kept on driving. She was totally illegal. She operated a business down here. I don't want to say too much to call her out, but, and she totally was fine and didn't even care. Oh um, my God. For years. <laughs> um, what? So yeah. Can you get away with it? Because I'm sure some of your listeners are going to say, oh, that guy's just one of those people that's, No. You can get away with it, but yeah, because they don't have that much enforcement, right? They can't go house to house. Are you home? No, you you know. But if they catch you, they can tell you you can't come back ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so you know, when you mm -hmm. own a business like us, if we got caught doing that and we couldn't come back, yeah, you don't uh, want that. We'd be up shit creek. Excuse me, I can't say that. Yeah, no, no, no. We'd be up creek without a paddle. So you know, we'd own a business and we can't come back to it. So we we're trying to be legal and we're trying to follow all the processes. So where's the nearest airport? So for us, the nearest international airport is San Jose, and it's okay. a four-hour drive. Okay. Or you can drive uh, 45 minutes to Capos and get on one of the little propeller planes. And when I say propeller, mm. I mean a <laughs> propeller. Yeah. <laughs> um, it does hold 12 people, and it is kind of scary the very first time you go on it. But you can take that from Capos, and it's technically a 15-minute flight to San Jose. It's booked at 30 when it, when you look at it in the schedule. You're usually up and down so fast, you're like, wait, I'm already here. So there is the option to leave from Capos. It's 45 minutes. Okay. But technically, if you want to go anywhere international, you need to drive to San Jose and go from there. Is the Capos flight, is that expensive? Yeah. So that's the other problem. It can be anywhere from you know $90 one way to $150 one way. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's so, not I mean, it, which is a lot for a 15-minute flight. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a yeah. little cheaper for residents. Oh, is it? Slightly cheaper. Yeah. 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 Okay. When you, every 90 days, go somewhere, you've got to drive four hours there and then four hours back, right? If you're taking the flight out of San Jose. Correct. Um, But we have been using the residency because we're residency in process and they accept that. We've been using the residency rate to go from Capos to San Jose, and the residency rate's about $75. So oh, it wow. kind of is worth it. It can it's be 50%. Of, yeah. 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 It's kind of worth it for us to to do that. Um, but, you know, the ride is not horrible. It's a nice ride, you, you mm-hmm. know, and, mm-hmm. and that's where all the big shopping is. So, mm. you know, we own a hotel. We need to go to the um, Price Mart, it's, it's which is Costco. Costco. It's like a Costco. Like a warehouse mm-hmm. shopping. So we yeah. need to go there to get, Yuck. you know, major things <laughs> for the hotel, uh, you know, every three months, we probably be doing it anyways, you know, because we mm. do have to go up to San Jose, you know, to get that stuff. Although there are very smart Costa Ricans that have a business where they'll go do the shopping for you. Oh. Um, but, you know, it's not a terrible drive. You no. can go first thing in the morning. Like I've left here at 5 a.m. before mm-hmm. and I've got to San Jose with no traffic by 8.15 in the morning. So three hours and 15 minutes, I'm there. It's kind of like, we don't mind it, but sometimes if we just want to get where we're going, 
we will just hop on that Sansa plane. It's called Sansa Airlines. It's the small flight. Mm. You just hop on that small flight. You're there in 15 minutes. You're like so much easier. But then if you want to drive the three and a half hours, four hours, you can take all the international flights. They've got flights to everywhere in Europe, in the US and Canada. And then there is another international airport that's about five and a half, six hours from us. But if you decide to live in that part of the country of Costa Rica, it can be an hour from you. And that's another international airport up there. Um, So there are two big international airports, which do offer several options. Yeah. So we'd be remiss if we didn't ask about healthcare. Can you talk to us about that aspect and where you're located, where the nearest hospital is? Was it difficult finding a primary care if necessary? Healthcare has been great. We're so impressed. We actually have private health care. So we have a really good policy. And honestly, we've never even used it because just out of pocket has been so affordable. I actually had to have an MRI on my neck because my neck was bothering me. Mm. The MRI was $400 out of pocket without insurance. And it was state-of-the-art equipment, state-of-the-art customer service. They provided me with the x-ray results all automated uh, we have a really great urgent care and a primary care office here in Uvita, and they're exceptional. You know, they have a big lab, they have all the x-ray equipment. Uh, also, which is really cool, the pharmacies in Costa Rica, many of them, most of them, or a lot of them, are staffed by mid-level providers. So if you... Mm-hmm. If you're dealing with some medical something, I would say go to the pharmacy because pharmacies, they'll, they'll have a physician assistant. They'll take you ah, back into the exam room. Good. They'll look at that ah. swollen bee bite or, you know, <laughs> your weird cough. And, you know, you really form a relationship with them. Also, oh boy, dental care is whew, fantastic and half the price. Keith has uh, got an implant and I can't remember the price, but easily a half of what it was would be in the States mm-hmm. with insurance. He paid oh. all out of pocket for half the price. I actually just got a, a root canal and a crown. Uh-huh. Oh, gosh. I think the whole total was 800 Huh. That's wow. without insurance. Yeah, and yeah. All state-of-the-art stuff. I mean, you, you, you might as well be in a, a dental office in Scottsdale. It's <laughs> yeah. the same, it's same experience. Right. And in... The United States with insurance, that same crown would have been out of pocket, easily four thousand dollars. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I had one just uh, five years ago, and I Mm -hmm. think I had to cough up four thousand dollars. And here I had it for eight hundred dollars, and this is the same crown, same service, just as good service and quality. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. some meds can be kind of more expensive, but then some of them are really cheap. Yeah. Uh, But the thing I really like. And not that you don't have this in the United States, but when you go into pharmacies, you feel like you're kind of going into a physician clinic because they, you know, you can really talk with them and say, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. And uh, well, let me listen to your lungs. Let me take your blood pressure. Let me come back in the exam room. Let's look at it. You know, it's really kind of nice like that. I have to say, I have been really, really impressed. And it's great that Uvita just three years ago got an urgent care center and they have an urgent care ambulance that is a four by four so <laughs> that if you're having a heart attack up on the mountain they'll <laughs> zip up the mountain and actually you just send a whatsapp message to them 
And yeah. that, which is really cool. Yeah, it's so weird. Nice. Every the entire world operates on WhatsApp yeah. except yeah. the United yeah. States. Right. Right. You know. So here, if I'm having a medical emergency, I will literally just send a WhatsApp to <laughs> the urgent care. Yeah, I, I think I'd still Isn't call it amazing emergency. Yeah, but if you can get through and they respond right away, what the yeah. heck? Yeah, right? they do yeah. for most yeah. part. Yeah, they're yeah. pretty good. Um, and, so, you know, and everything mm-hmm. Joe is saying is true. But one thing that I would say is it's a combination of things for medical care. You know, if you come down here and you become a resident, you're going to get the public health care, which is called the CAHA. You pay based on how much you make and your residency category. So that's one of the things you need to research before coming down here is mm-hmm. what is your residency category going to be? What is your income and how much are you going to pay for that CAHA? Because it's mandatory. If you become a resident down here, you have to pay into mm-hmm. the public health care, which is the CAHA. And it can be really expensive. If you've got a pension that's $5,000 a month, you may be paying $700 a month for public health care that you never use. So you'd want to be careful Uh, with that. That's mm -hmm. one thing you want to check and make sure that whatever you do, talk to an attorney, talk to an advisor about that when you're doing the medical care. But what I was going to get at with that is kind of what I've seen a lot of expats do is it's a combination of things. You know, if you're going to be a resident, you're going to have the the public health care. Then you probably want to have if you can afford it, a private health care insurance for major emergencies. So if you have a heart attack and you want to be treated by more of American style doctors, you can go up to San Jose and go to the major hospitals with that private health care insurance. So, you know, you can have very good private health care with that private health care insurance. And then there's also a discount program called MediSmart down here, which discounts even further the procedures that you may have, like Joe's MRI or things that you may get done down here. It's it's kind of a combination of things to have. And you know what? It's still probably 50% to 100% cheaper than what you would pay in the United States. Mm -hmm. I mean, our um, insurance uh, is less than $500 a month. It's almost $500 a month for the both of us for private healthcare insurance. And as I said earlier, we're mid fifties, almost 60. That's pretty cheap insurance uh, to not have with your job. Absolutely. And that's private health insurance. But again, we haven't had to use it. The other day I was, had a bad sinus infection and I just walked into the pharmacy, like Joe said, and I said, Hey, this is what I've got going on. Checked me out a little bit said, okay, here you go. Here's a, here's a antibiotic and here's a cough suppressant and blah, blah, blah. blah. Here you go. $80. I walked out. Wow. No insurance. Looked it up online. The medicine that he had given me in the US, no insurance. It would have cost me $600. (laughs) And I'm like, and I got it for 80 and I was better in three days. So it's a combination of things. Again, are you a risk taker? Yeah. Don't get any insurance. Just stay here and take your chances. But uh, we just had a friend that got back surgery, uh, like three discs and whatever. I don't even know. It was so much stuff. Went up, paid out of pocket, $6,000 for the entire surgery. Everything was done. He said it was, um, she had the surgery and he said it was perfect. And he said, you know, $6,000 because they don't have insurance. Mm-hmm. They have the pri- the public, but they didn't want to do it through there. Right. And they just paid it out of their pocket and had the surgery done. Yeah, and he yeah. said it was state-of-the-art, amazing, you know, services. Private healthcare is amazing down here. You know, it's, I feel very safe and very, I mean, I had my implant done for my tooth and I actually felt better and safer down here than I did when I was in the U.S. Yeah. And, and is yeah. it easy to find doctors and dentists who speak English? Uh, the private ones, yes. So that's, again, the the thing that you come down here and you have to go to the private healthcare ones. The public, forget it. You go to the, you go to, the, I went to the main public hospital with a friend of mine. And I think out of 
how many employees do a hospital have? 500, maybe a thousand employees. I don't even know how many they have. There was two people that we found that spoke English and it was pretty mm. bad English. So, and my friend had not learned Spanish. Uh, he was one of the people that I'm talking about. He has been here five years and has, and I knew more Spanish than him and I was helping him a little bit, but definitely <laughs> oh not enough for his medical care. So if you go to the public, it's going to be difficult. You need to know Spanish. Good thing you have you, Joe there, huh, Keith? I know. It's yeah. Joe- he, he, but even then... You know, Joe's Spanish is really good, but when you're in a medical situation, it's still frustrating in the public health care. But for private health care, I'd say 80% of them speak English. Yeah, they speak English. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And good Joe, English. when did you learn um, Spanish and so well? Well, you know, actually, I was a Spanish minor. Oh. I studied four years in high school and mm-hmm. in college, but then you don't use it. So it's right. like, yeah. I didn't know how to speak it, but I mm-hmm. had this foundation. Mm-hmm. And so before we came I to Costa Rica, I kind of brushed up on it. And I tell you, my Spanish just grew exponentially wow. within six months because we have wow. you know landscapers and housekeepers and we're dealing yeah. with people all the time in town. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, I had to put in the time and I still put in the time. But say my my Spanish from the day, even with the you know education I had in Spanish, mm-hmm. it's grown four hundred percent since I've that. been here. You know, I took three years of Spanish in high school <laughs> and I, I you know I'm comfortable reading. It. I don't yeah. know what I'm reading. I watch a lot of international crime shows. And, you know, many, <laughs> many of our listeners know this. And last night I watched uh, two of them, actually. And one was, uh, I, I forget where, where they were located, but they spoke Spanish. And I turned off the closed captioning just to see, or the subtitles, right? Just to see how much I could understand. And I mean, aside from Porque and uh, a few, <laughs> you know, a few of the other words, I just, it was so fast, right? Like any language that you know well, you can speak it very fast. And a foreigner would say, I don't know what you're saying. And I, and I think for me, Spanish is probably the easiest compared to other languages to mm-hmm. learn. But still, when they're speaking so fast. So when you say that yours you know, grew exponentially, um, you must have been a very good Spanish student to begin with. I mean, you know, you studied well and... Well, I'll tell you, for the first year, I was still constantly on Google Translate, Mm. even just for myself looking like, oh my gosh, like, you know, we'd have people come to our property that had to do work on our property. They were going to be here two days or whatever. And I'd be like, okay, these are all the things I need to communicate to them. So I'd be on Google Translate kind of prepping myself. Mm Mm-hmm. So you do have to put in the time. And when they're talking to you, you ask them to slow down or I don't know what that word is. You know, in, in Spanish, I'll say it. Okay, significa. Or, and like when I'm talking, mm-hmm. they'll understand me, but they will say, you know, essentially in Spanish, yes, I understand what you're saying, but that's not how you say it. Oh. This is how you say it. Oh. Uh, this is the word, you know, I was calling like, we had a, like our gutter was replaced on our roof. I was calling it cuneta. And he's like, yeah, you know, it's cuneta, but it's really, it, that's a gutter like on the side of the road. When the gutter's uh-huh. on your roof, then it's canoa. Oh. Like, oh my gosh, thank you. Thank you. I've been yeah. calling the gutter on the roof a cuneta, <laughs> and they look at me like, yeah, I know what you're talking about, but that's not the word oh. you use. So I've had like hundreds of examples where, or they'll respond back to me and yeah. they'll use the right word, which right. is their way of correcting me. Mm-hmm. And if you just, so when you're doing that every day, because we've had, especially the first year, we had so many workers mm. uh, still doing final work on our property. 
And we have landscapers and cleaning people. And then you go into town, you go to the hardware store. It's funny, we had this guy, Tony, was the only English-speaking guy at the hardware store. I had him on WhatsApp. I would say, Tony, are you working today? <laughs> no, I'm not. Like, well, I'll, I'll go, go into the hardware store when you're working. <laughs> yeah, and so, yeah. And then Tony quit. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, there's no one else. And then I just kind of, what the hell? I'm going in. I'm going to wing it. And then... Yeah. You know, like when you move to any new place the first year, you're at the hardware store a lot. Yeah. And you're like, you know, where do I find Busco? Where do I find blah, blah, blah? Busco right, this, right. Busco that. After time, and then you're listening to them, and you're like, oh, I'm looking for, you know, I'm trying to say like light bulb, like, oh, you know, and I'm pointing, and they're like, oh, right. Bambia, yeah, uh, Bambia. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, that's the word. Okay, well, I'll start using that word now. Oh, is that light so, bulb, Bambia? Bambia, yeah. Oh, interesting, because I'd be saying muy lo siento, like every day. Okay. Muy, lo muy, muy, muy lo siento. Yeah. And uh, yeah. you know what that is? <laughs> sorry, well, but sorry. the thing about I, I think the Spanish Costa Rican, so I get everything. <laughs> that means the thing about sorry. the Costa Ricans too is they are such a polite group of people. The mm. you know most of them. I mean, yeah, I'm sure you're going to run across some, but they're so polite. And if they see that you're trying Spanish, they want to work with you. They want to help you, and they'll slow down, or they'll help you with the word, or they'll help you try to figure out what you're saying, and. You know, their Spanish isn't the easiest Spanish. You know, it's not like Colombian Spanish or, you know, um, I, I think Colombian is the easiest, but it's not the hardest, but it's not the easiest Spanish. But they're they're willing to, you know, if you show some kind of willingness to work, you know, say the language yeah. and talk, they're working with you. So and that's what I'm going through right now. I call my Spanish drunk baby Spanish <laughs> because I drunk baby Spanish. Yeah, because I, I can, can say. Uh, 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 you know, one word at a time, you know, and I can get my point across, but it's definitely not a full sentence and mm -hmm. it's definitely not correct, but I'm getting yeah. there. I'm yeah. learning, yeah. you know, we did not know how to run a hotel when we first came down here. So our first two years of living down here were not only learning to live in a foreign country, but learning to run a hotel. So mm -hmm. that was what I did for my first two years. And then this last year is when I've been dedicating myself to try to learn Spanish. So Right, right. Keith right. is being very modest. Actually, he came down here not knowing a single word of Spanish. Honestly, he speaks a lot of Spanish. He has wow. figured it out. He's actually really good at hearing people. Mm -hmm. And even though he's talking like he's a caveman, clean room <laughs> there, they get it. Yeah. They get it. Yeah, Limpia yeah. esa habitación. Aquí. <laughs> so, they get it. So he's always like, caveman. Yeah. So, That's yeah. great. Well, that's Ooh, good to know. Nice. Yeah. And you know yeah. what? It's a comfort that, you know, if you if you need something specific, Joe, you can always chime in. Right. right? right. And I have to tell you, I'm waiting. I, I need two implants and I'm waiting till we go abroad to get them. <laughs> and I will know like those dental terms. <laughs> uh, I will make sure I have them in my hand when I'm there. Yeah. And then I'll happily I'll happily pay, you know, a fraction of the price. So <laughs> exactly. I went to see. I went for a cleaning and I saw my dentist yesterday and she knew not to ask. She's because she'll she'll say, do you need a recommendation for the uh, implant work? I'm like, no, unless, you know, someone in Mexico or, you know, <laughs> yeah, Costa Rica, yeah. you know, so I'm, I'm going to wait. Um, well, our yeah. implant guy, the guy here was really good. Um, mm -hmm. And I was really impressed. And it was half the price of the U.S. And it would have been even cheaper if I wasn't such a big baby. <laughs> um, I, I I told them they had to knock me out, like I had to go you know, uh, under anesthesia. Yeah. Um, but it would have been like another probably thousand dollars cheaper if I didn't go under anesthesia. Ah, uh, I listen. They we were, were willing just... to do it with just the numbing, and I yeah. was like, no, yeah. I won't do that. But if you're willing to do it with just the numbing, it's even cheaper. 
Yeah. It's a good thing, Keith, that you don't need a mammogram. Oh, I know. Because uh, you have yeah, you it. have you have no clue. <laughs> I mean, I listen. No, no, no. This is something that's been weighing. Yeah, I haven't heard from Gil the last month, <laughs> and I am going through research research hell. Okay, I probably should probably should write a book about this because I really want an MRI, and they're not going to give you an MRI and, unless there's some kind of risk factor or there's some kind of finding. Too expensive. It's too expensive. And then, but, but there's a company out there. And of course, they haven't made it to New York. And I'm ready to take a flight to the cities that they're in, except I, I found that someone's, um, I read somewhere and, and this is true that you have to have had some kind of, um, diagnoses or prognosis from a physician that warrants the MRI, um, or this machine. And this machine is basically, it's a, it's a bed you lie on face down and you drop your boob into this hole. I mean, it's brilliant, right? Brilliant technology. And I can't get it. I can't get it. So anyway, I digress. All right, really? I feel- you drop your boobs in a hole. That is pretty progressive. I know one yeah. at a time, right? One at a time. Soon they'll think, you know, but I mean, it's, it's, and it's, no, no, and, and I'm not giving it, um, enough credit, but true. It's, it's called, um, the coning co- uh, corporation. Here. You should yeah. see if they, you should see if they do that here. Cause if they do, it's probably a yeah. quarter of the price. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if they're that big yet. Um, but, but you would think New York City, we have state of the art technology. And of course, the people that aren't, using these machines or arguing that, well, you know, the traditional method is better because they're stuck. And no offense, most of these machines are like, you know, um, recommended by men. And I'm like, why don't you put, why don't you put your parts there? You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and I'll digress just one you more get second. Him, Gil. One more second. I want the world to hear this because I know some of some people say, oh, you know, it's just a little discomfort, like putting on a, a blood pressure cuff. Well, no effing way. OK, I will take a blood pressure cuff. A hundred times. I will give birth again before <laughs> saying that a mammogram is not painful. Okay, I stop. Oh, wow. Well, that's right. good to know. So we're learning something here yeah. as well. See? Yeah. See? What are you learning? That's- yeah. That, I'm glad I'm not a girl. <laughs> we're here <laughs> to teach you. Yes. All right. I'm glad I'm not a girl. All right. Let's, yeah, you're lucky. Let, let's, let's move on to, before we finish up, and this has been great so far. Okay. But um, let's move on to the weather. And I'm talking about heat humidity, rainy season. Tell us all about it. So from December through April is the dry season and it's beautiful. You know, you get a rain here and there, maybe a a quick passing storm a couple of times a week. And then starting in May, it starts what they call the green season, but it's the rainy season. And the typical pattern is it rains quickly in the afternoon, you know, like at two or three or four o'clock for an hour, sometimes 30 minutes, sometimes three hours. But then comes September, October, it just pours. And so actually we close for about almost two months during that period. And that's actually when we take uh, trips. I mean, we're going, like you said earlier, we're going to Spain and that transatlantic cruise in October. So, but like Keith mentioned, boy, the mountain really knows how to take in that rain. You can get a torrential... 10 inches, just pounding storm. And the next morning, everything, looked, you'd never guess that it was even a storm. It just, everything looks perfect, you know? Wow. 
But with that uh, in mind, too, there are places that flood and there are places that have issues with the water when it's 10 inches or whatever. And, yeah. you know, again, do your research. You know, we didn't do as much as we probably should have done for some things. And that would be my biggest thing to a new person coming down here is research. Talk to people. Make sure it's the weather that you want. Is it really humid? It is humid down at the beach where there's, you know, concrete. You have to have air conditioning down at the beach unless you want to die during summer, you know, which our summer is December, you know, the dry season. It's it's hot. You know, I go down there to go grocery shopping. I'm like, oh my God. You know, but then you come up 1200 feet and it's a cool breeze and we don't have air conditioning and it's fine and I'm under a ceiling fan and you know it's great but you got to really find out what you like as an individual and what you can handle as an individual I can't handle humidity so it kills yeah, I me I sweat humidity. I mean I sweat like a you know I don't want to say like the you know I'll say it but like a whore in church but you know we can't say that on, <laughs> probably on your thing but sure we can you know of course we can um, you know I mean I go in there and I'm sweating like crazy and you know and it, here it's not that bad up at the mountain when I go in town forget it I mean, it's it's hot, it's humid, and you do have to deal with that. You know, and the rain thing, I was really freaking out about the rain thing because I can get kind of depressed about things. So yeah. here I went and bought these like, and Joe just laughed at me. He thought I was stupid, but, and I was actually, um, I bought these uh, sun lamps because I thought, oh my God, we're not going to have sun. I'm going to have to have this sun lamp on and <laughs> it's not that bad. Yeah, I mean, 10,000 lux. Exactly. Lux, whatever. Yes. I'm going to so, get one of those. I, I will I will say this, the Costa Ricans know how to deal with the heat and humidity. Yeah. All the homes have cross ventilation. So you have screens at the top of all four sides of your house and they're designed to shade the sun and to always have cross ventilation. Every house you go to, if it's done correctly, mm -hmm. uh, you have all those screens at the top of your house to give that cross ventilation. And it's really important to have dry closets. And dry closets are closets that have a dehumidifier and you have a hose that runs right down to the bottom. Oh, and, wow. And wow. it's just constantly running. Or ours, we just run ours, I think, for like six or eight hours a day during low electricity hours. But that's where all your, all of our food, all of our everything. We have, actually, we have three dry closets. So we have one for a master bedroom. So all of our clothes and all of mm. our towels and linen and everything. And then the other big one, we have Everything in there, all of our, you know, medication, our Tylenol, oh, everything, right, all right. of our food, yeah, uh, yeah. luggage, anything that would mold. Mm -hmm. And then for the hotel, we have a big dry closet that has all of our linen and towels and stuff like that. You learn to figure out how to live with the humidity. And again, we're at 1,200 feet. It's always breezy and so much cooler. Mm -hmm. uh, but my gym, there's a great gym in town. Excellent gym, the box. They just have ceiling fans, but it's at sea level, you know, it's at beach Ooh. level and it's really hot. So it's, for some things, you just have to surrender. So I kind of think of like, you know, Bikram yoga, oh. you know, the oh. hot yoga. Yes, so yes. I kind of just think of it as hot working out. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm sweating, but so is everyone else here. Yeah. Or the other thing is you just don't join the gym like me. <laughs> I, I'm not going to do it. But you know, and what Joe said is so true about just learning the things. And we didn't learn that all right away. That's yeah. why I said we didn't do as much research as we could have done. But we learned, you know, like we put a new dry closet in our in our bedroom because we didn't want our clothes to be wet every time yeah. we were putting our clothes on. So we learned different things as we went along. But you know, all of this is out there. You can do the research 
research online, but you can also just ask people, find out from other people that have lived here, you know, what did you do about the humidity? What did you do about the mold? And mold can be an issue. You learn, you know, from research from other people, you learn the little tricks. I've been pleasantly surprised how we've mitigated the mold. Like Joe said, you know, air ventilation, you know, having airflow, having ceiling fans, like we've got these huge ceiling fans that are almost like they're, it's above us right now. It's mm-hmm. like almost like an airplane engine. And those little things that you do, little things like that make a huge difference. Come down here and research, talk to people and, you know, it'll be a better experience for you. Right. And, you know, the, the one thing that a lot of expats will say is if you make it past the two years, you're going to make it nice. forever. Mm-hmm. And I think that's almost true because, you know, do your research, talk to people, understand what impacts you and affects you. Like I thought humidity was going to kill me. It actually hasn't as bad as I thought. I sit underneath <laughs> a ceiling fan. I wear tank tops all the time, you know, things like that. Just learn to live with it. And definitely as it would be with any country you move to, it's not going to be like home. It's yeah. going to be different, right? You know, it's going to be completely different and don't come down here expecting it to be like home because right. then you're not going to make it. And that's what I think has helped us is we're very open-minded. We're, you know, we adapt easily. We've traveled pretty much around the world as much as we could. You got to come down here and not try to make this where you left, make this, right. you know, and understand that things are going to be different. But it's new, yeah. new and different. Okay. Absolutely. New and different. Can you quickly tell us about how the restaurants in town Amazing, actually. Costa Rican food can be kind of bland. There's not Mm. a lot of spices Mm. and a lot of, you know, Mm. flavor, but there's a lot of different, you know, we're, again, we're in a tourist area. We have a lot of choices, restaurants. We just got a new Indian restaurant here that's amazing. And that's the flavor of that food. I'm like, I don't know where they got their spices from, but they must import them. The the Indian Indian. food is amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going for lunch to an Italian, uh, late lunch after this call, we're going to an Italian restaurant that's amazing. The the owners are from Italy and they migrated here. So you've got a lot of good restaurants, even in our little area here. Now, when you get into the smaller towns, you're just going to have the sodas, which are the Tico restaurants and just the basic places which are even good then. I wouldn't call it a foodie place, Costa Rica, but I'd call it a place that you can get good food, if that makes sense. Okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I, I yeah. You can there's... get Japanese and all that. I don't think there's been Japanese. There's a Thai place. There's a Chinese place. Oh, no um, sushi. There's sushi. Oh, yeah. There's sushi. Several sushi. Really good sushi. Oh, but, oh. but oh. one of the funny things that I was shocked with is the amount of seafood isn't what I thought there would be for being yeah. on, you know, in a coat. But I right. think they just don't catch as much seafood as they would in, you know, other coastal towns and stuff like uh, that. Oh, um, I thought there would be more seafood, but I'm okay. not a big seafood person anyways, but there's yeah. limited seafood. You can find pretty much everything else. Again, Joe and I aren't foodies. So for us to say the food is good, it's good for us. But oh, we, you know, we have had people of the hotel, guests of the hotel that are foodies that'll say, oh, you know, the food isn't that great, but there's a lot of choices. Yeah. And that's what matters. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, at the end, you know, and you can cook for yourself. Everyone. Oh my God, you can get some of the greatest produce and and uh, the greatest you know vegetables and stuff mm-hmm, like that, mm-hmm, and just cook mm-hmm. for yourself. And I've even and you've got a cooking. you've got an in house chef. I do. Yeah, he's the best. He's the best at it. But I <laughs> started to learn how to cook. You know? Really? So yeah, good for you. So uh, I mean, I'm not sure it's good yet. No, I've learned. Joe, what do you think, bit. Joe? <laughs> well, he's getting there. He's come a long way. He's surprised me, but I oh. still have to cut a lot of the things. I still have to <laughs> chop his onions and stuff like that. What? Yeah, he's trying. Oh man, what a baby! <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I read there's even a bagel shop in town. Is that right? 
Yes, so yeah. there is. Now, wow. it's not your New York bagels. <laughs> you are not going to... There's nowhere uh, else like the New yeah, York Yeah, you are not going to get that. the New York Not bagel. even California. Well, actually, there was a place in... Because I was born in New Jersey, and I worked for American Express for a while, so oh, I yeah. New York quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a place in Fountain Hills that... Mm-hmm. It's called DJ's Bagels, and it was probably the closest I ever got to a New York bagel, bagel outside of New York. Wow. That's in, that's in that's Arizona? In Arizona. It was in Arizona. It was in oh. Fountain Hills, Arizona. And okay. it was probably the closest called DJ's Bagels. The closest. And I say closest. It's still not a New York bagel, but it was the closest. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, this is actually doable yeah, for a bagel. Yeah. Down here, the pl- the bagel shop is good. And I think the guy actually is from New York. It's not perfect. It's, okay. it's, it's good, but it's not perfect. Is there pizza? Pizza, but not New York style pizza. It's good, but it's in, I'm Italian, so mm. it's good enough. I love going to Italy and going to New York to have pizza and mm. just love it. So, yeah. uh, but it's good enough. You'll, you'll I don't know. Gene, Gene can't live without his pizza. I'll make yeah, you, you yeah. might have a little bit of a problem here, but you'll learn. The biggest Survive. problem is the cheese down here sucks. The cheese. Oh, wow. that's a big deal. Yeah. 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 And yeah. that's that one of your biggest thing for pizza. So. Terrible, yeah. terrible cheese. Yeah. Really? Wow. Wow. So what's your favorite? I mean, Joe, you make a lot of breakfast egg and cheese, right? Well, actually they, uh, so we mentioned like the Costco yeah. brand. Price Mart in San Jose, there's like eight Price Marts that are owned by Costco. They have some really good cheese. So when we go up to San Jose, we get like big blocks of cheese. So when I make my quiche and stuff like that's what we use. They make cheese in Costa Rica, but our biggest criticism of Costa Rica is the cheese is just terrible. <laughs> it's just bland. Unless you want to spend a lot more money, but it's actually, but that money isn't Costa Rican cheese. It's from Belgium or something. There's so many other things that make Costa Rica great. And, you know, one thing that I want to make, uh, point out, I know a little off topic, but you were asking a lot of questions about why we chose Costa Rica, why we chose Uvita. And I really have to stress if anyone's looking to retire anywhere yeah. is you really have to take into consideration community. And for us, Uvita, the people on this mountain are just fantastic. We have made so many friends and these people have helped us. We could not have made it if it wasn't for the help of all the wonderful people on our mountain. It's so important to really find a community. Mm-hmm. And the community on this mountain has been fantastic. And then the people of locals, the Ticos who live here. Uh, we've become good friends with so many of them. They are what make uh, living in Costa Rica, specifically in Uvita, mm-hmm. just so wonderful. Well, wow, that, that's oh. great. I, I want to remind everyone, we're talking to Joe and Keith, who moved to Uvita, Costa Rica. Their hotel, which looks beautiful, is Nature's Edge Boutique Hotel. The reviews are phenomenal for your place. And a lot of people talk about your breakfast, yeah. Joe. What, what do you make that's stars. so good that people are talking about? <laughs> people love your breakfast. Yeah, well, believe it or not, it's, it's a big breakfast, but it's actually very healthy. I make a variety of different quiche, fried potatoes, grilled vegetables, oh. always yogurt and fresh cut fruit. And I always make banana bread. We have oh. 50 banana wow. trees on our property. So, <gasps> Oh, you don't have to uh, buy any. I'm yeah. always making banana bread, but it's very healthy. It's low sugar and all whole grains and flaxseed meal. So we make sure that we uh, everyone is well fed for breakfast. <laughs> yeah. You'll have to send me the recipe if you don't mind. <laughs> okay. I, I, I've had to send it to a lot of people. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. But, but Gil, you'd have a problem though, because they serve breakfast early. Okay. Well, <laughs> you can always save me some and I'll heat it up. All right. Well, on that note, 
And we don't want to keep you guys any longer. This has been a lot of fun. Joe, you thought we'd get through this in 20 minutes. You see what I mean? Oh, that's so silly. <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> I know, I know. But you guys have been great. Yeah. yeah, you guys have been wonderful. And this has been a lot of fun. I'd love to meet you. I think we can chat all day, right? But time has come and we'll let you go. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. This has made a very memorable Uvita episode. Right, Gene? Yes. Anything else? I'm okay. good. Joe, any Well, well thank words? you. Thank you. And as they say in Spanish, igualmente. Like we share the same sentiment. Igualmente. Aww. I like that. Oh, so thank you. It has been a joy. Okay. Take care. Have a good Take care. Oh, have a thank good you. lunch now. Yeah. yeah. We're hungry. Okay. We're going. Okay. Okay. So are we. Okay. Bye guys. Okay. Bye. Hasta luego. Nos vemos. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you know someone who's relocated for retirement and wishes to share their story with us, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Our email address is gg at retirethere.com. Our website is retirethere.com. And you may follow us on Twitter at retirethere underscore. Now, if you've liked our show, please subscribe and rate it in Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, be well. Be well.